Pete. What's up, babies? Pete. Yes. Let's make this the best show ever. Let Let's make this the best show ever, and let's not content shame anybody. Mm. Right. So we are going to be picking particular topics to talk about, and. Just because we don't talk about something that you want to specifically talk about, listener, I say er, not ers, that doesn't mean that we don't care about that topic. So first, I posted it on the Twitter, and we're going to do it now. Okay, We're gassing up our boy, Oscar Isaac, for his new project that just came out, and the announcements, it has already been announced, but we're right. going <clears throat> He's been talking about this. He's been saying he's going. He's been going method, and I've, I. I mean, you've told him. I've told him. Method's not a thing. It doesn't excuse you for your behavior. But no, I am glad in this project. Okay, there are actually people dealing with multiple psychotic, you know, personalities. You are not one of them. And and usually the people dealing with those, their multiple personalities aren't just impressions of their friends who are putting up with their crap oh 100 like you can't just do your pete or your josh or your dave impression and then be like oh is one of my other personalities no more no more sorry sorry about that you know what's crazy as we get riled up as we are First off, I do want to take this opportunity. I know it's very gauche to, I don't know, brag or give yourself an award. But I do think that you and I deserve to be recognized because we saw each other. We were together in the same place in real life, in person for some time. And we didn't record. We didn't do the podcast at all. We didn't do any podcasting. We saw each other and we didn't podcast. The urge was there, too. The urge certainly was there. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And statements were to be had, but that's the thing about life is sure the pod, right? And some might say that this is what we'll be remembered for after our bodies are gone. Oh boy. But you know what we're gonna do? Let's let's make this the best show ever. So yeah, we were um po to po, cheek to cheek. <laughs> Yep, and we never, I'm also now, that we're getting all ramped up, realizing in hindsight, I really had visions of us um, really, really just screaming evil dies tonight a lot, and I totally forgot to do that. We never did that even one time. No, no, we didn't too, but that's also, you know, at some point, you can only go through so many topics, and we were at this event um there it was a corporate event i would say <laughs> there was many members of po'boys llc um I, you... I would say most of the people we've had that guested on the show were there not all but most yeah oscar was there which is why mm-hmm. not just why but constantly why we you know are gassing him up mm-hmm. um our pleasure you know even if we didn't see him which was just so it was so great to see him too. Um, Chewy also, um, my dog is super excited to talk about gassing up um, Oscar Isaac from Moon Knight. But yeah, it was a real corporate event. Um, just one of these things we have at the end of quarters um, to kind of make sure that we all are coming together as a team. Yep, yep, yep. And as much as it was a corporate event for a corporate entity that we are, you know, very much at the top of the pyramid of. And we definitely could have done whatever we wanted and ball was in our court and it would have been entirely appropriate for us to do whatever we wanted because it was our day, Pete and I's day. Um, you know, we just, we didn't get around to evil dies tonight. No. And it is, it is a good transition to this week's episode of visions, but I will be remiss if we didn't continue to provide topical, in contemporary points about things that are sure. actually happening because yep. 
when we recorded last week's episode, just so happened that the Boba stuff came out, so we were able to share our pop piping hot lack tanks. of thoughts, <laughs> lack of thoughts on it. The funny thing is, I was talking to a um, fan of the pod mm-hmm. and a listener. Mm-hmm. One one of the two, those two things is correct. Okay, and they were like, "Yeah," I, I, I was like, "Oh, what are?" Uh, what are Josh and Pete's takes on it? And it was like, oh, <laughs> they weren't excited at all. And it was the same thing because we also talked about Eternals. And th- this person was like, I didn't like Eternals at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I were, um, I think I was a little bit more positive than you were um, enjoying oh, that I product. Don't know. No, I think we we have the same, at least we have the same rating mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, so you i i i hesitated to send out this tweet so i haven't sent it out but i was thinking about sending out a tweet that listen the the deep dive we're going to do on this kenobi is deeper than most piece of legislation in congress and you know that's just uh, a little political commentary <laughs> about the lack of nuance that's in um just politics in general and also just how big 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 our ideas are and how small, you know, the actual shakers and movers of this country. You know, like, why don't you go and do something? All right. 1.2 trillion. Give me 1.75 now. All right. So, sorry about that political commentary. Um, yeah, so the Kenobi the Kenobi trailer came out. Um, the same well, as the Moon Knight thing. Yeah, Disney Plus Day. Um, the day after last week's episode aired uh, was Disney Plus Day. Now, I don't. I think we covered this pretty excitedly last year. Well, I don't know if it was Disney Plus Day or not. It might have just been like a shareholder or something. There was no, I think it was Disney Plus Day last year where I was just like refreshing the Disney Plus Twitter account and one insane thing after another was getting announced. And that was like when they announced the Ahsoka thing oh and all this gosh. stuff. Oh my gosh. Well, and well, let's it, talk about the Ahsoka thing because <clears throat> we didn't get anything on Disney no. Plus Day. We got. No. And I, I, so Josh and I, we had this conversation um, near the, um, at this event, there was some places have like a bar where you can get a drink. Um, this is safe order podcast. We also like to make it so that there is lifting equipment at any point, just so if, you know, um, get the, um, some stress, stressor points in the body as you're kind of working out and socializing networking at the same time. So we're at the lifting bar mm-hmm. and I think it was you, Josh, that was saying, you know, we're just getting so inundated with so much, there's so much star Wars content out there. And then not even the next day, you and I watched that Marvel um, sizzle real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Which, like, by the way, listeners, just real quick, not to interrupt you, Pete, but to save some folks some strife because i didn't understand this all these sizzle reels and stuff they're not on youtube or anything on the disney plus you have to go into the disney plus app and watch them there and that's where they are because i spent days seeing all these news stories about these sizzle reels i'm like where are they i cannot find them because i do not look that hard they're on disney plus uh anyway please continue pete the Marvel sizzle reel on Disney yeah. Plus. And it was just like, oh my gosh, it's just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And I'm yep. like, yep. now I say that and sometimes adults like myself aren't consistent in the content they do or do not like. So, for example, I can say, oh man, I'm getting so in, in a day with all this stuff, but... I still would have preferred an Ahsoka trailer. I would have liked that. I mean, I would have screamed if I saw Ahsoka. Yeah, or just some it. casting news or something. Or Because here's the thing is, I would say a majority of what Marvel came up with on Disney Plus uh, was not news. We already knew Miss Marvel. We already knew She-Hulk. We already well, I mean, knew we, we got We got first footage, though. We did get first right, footage. Right, but we knew all that was happening, right? Now, I think they, you know, like they did, like officially uh verify that there's gonna be like what if season two i think they you know verifying the agatha harkness thing that was new marvel zombies so they you know they had a few announcements here or there there are like more things that they are doing than we knew about the day before i can promise you 
if we had seen even just like Rosio, um, Rosario Dawson just walking in a doorway, I would have screamed. Like, that's just how much I want that content. Right. But so, to my point, rather than getting that, and rather, you know, the Marvel, you know, a few announcements here or there, nothing like huge. I don't think, I mean, again, like footage of stuff we already knew was happening, right? Star Wars, we, as Star Wars fans, arguably, rather than having new things announced, had old things taken away because all I walked away from Disney plus day was, Oh, that rogue squadron movie with Patty Jenkins is delayed indefinitely. Right. Yeah. And hmm, I, I mean, rogue squadron was a big, a game for me. It was one of my staple, like top five, um, certainly top 10, 64 games. And it's something that I was excited for, for sure. I, I mean, I don't really understand the context of it was supposed to be post episode nine, right? That they were going to do rogue squadron. I don't I even bl- know. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Um, I remember rollerblades and that's about it. Yeah. I remember that. That's literally the only thing I remember. So that's, that's interesting that that was taken away, but we also have a lot of um, things out in this nebulous space of like, um, is um Ryan Johnson stuff still going? There's the Leslie Heedlin, although she had oh, an interview yeah. during the summer about forefronting an LGBTQ character, um, I believe. Acolyte, or, acolyte, acolyte. Her, yeah, yeah. Her just, I assume. I assume that's still a go. I assume that's. Oh still no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it seemed like that was actually like at least in pre-production or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the Taika Waititi movie, they're saying Kevin Feige is going to be producing a Star Wars movie. For a hot second there, there were rumors that Chloe Zhao was going to direct the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. But I don't, because now I'm like, they're doing this whole, you know, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Mandalorian, used to be Rangers of the New Republic. Who knows if that's going to take any form now. And it seemed like they were gearing up to kind of be like, Oh, actually, this is the sequel trilogy, and these are gonna, you know, all collide in a big giant event. And now, at the pace things are going, I'm wondering: is that big giant event, all these shows are going to accumulate in, going to happen before we get another Star Wars movie? I don't think that they put a lot of weight into Disney Plus a day for Star Wars because, no, like I, for me, so we have a Bad Batch season two. And then would have been cool to just get a release date for that release date just for planning my life. Um, (laughs) but like, I think there's probably vision seasons. I think there's probably a vision season two. I don't know, man. I would, I think that sounds like the kind of thing the numbers would have to dictate. How well, like, I have no perception of how the world at large so has reacted to vision. It's critically acclaimed for sure. Mm hmm. Um, it's getting great scoring by critics, but listen, boots on the ground, ear to the streets, eyes on streaming service. I mean, that's what they care about is those numbers. Eyes on streaming. Where is my where where are my anime stands? But also, what anime is on Disney Plus to begin with? Right? Yeah. Like, are my Crunchyrolls moving over and being like, all right, got my Crunchyroll account. Now I'm gonna get my Disney Plus account. Or do you even think like that? That's a great question. That's something we never even really considered, is if you were trying to court anime fans, what, you know, if you're a hardcore anime fan, you know, I'm not someone who has every streaming service. I have more than I probably should, but a lot of that mm-hmm. is, you know, here or there, maybe and not also, mine or whatever. But if I am if I only have Crunchyroll or I'm an anime fan and I'm into anime, even have Disney Plus, and am I gonna get it for Star Wars Visions? I don't. I doubt it. Well, if I'm an anime, I'm, I'm probably like, hmm. Maybe my aunt has a, a, yeah. a, a yeah. an account that I can, you know, give me some of that password just to see what this is about. But yeah, all I I don't know the numbers. All I know is that I mean, if I'm an anime uh, fan, I'm out here signing up for Netflix so I can watch this live action Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, the, ooh, which I imagine very... anime fans are psyched for. Um, watch the I trailer. Have, have what? No if you watch the trailer on like YouTube and you look at the comments, um, they vary pretty pretty wildly. Yeah. 
I mean, is I like that... John Cho. I honestly, I honestly might watch that show. I never watched the anime. Oh, really? Okay, the anime is really good. Yeah, maybe I should just watch um, the anime. <laughs> I don't... Cowboy Bebop um, Studio. Is it one of the studios from... No, I don't think it... That's they, It's from Sunrise Studios. That doesn't sound familiar. No. Um, the one that we're talking about is from Trigger Studios, and they, they did two right. episodes of those today. <laughs> But let's not get into that yet. Let's talk about the stuff from Kenobi, which was honestly nothing. And is pretty much the only Star Wars thing they had to offer. Like, I guess I'm also just like, why would you even release that Boba Fett trailer? Like, why not just, like, hold that till Disney Plus Day, I guess. But then, like, probably because it was kind of a boring trailer. Uh, yeah, so let's, let's talk this Kenobi behind-the-scenes thing, which is just uh, Ewan McGregor and Deborah Chow talking over over concept art um showed it to the old so here uh yesterday and you know we you know when we first started doing years and years ago star wars was one of the early things that we were both really passionate about but that was i mean it was six movies and that was it this was pre-clone wars this was pre-whatever and so over the course of our relationship i have gone further down the rabbit hole and and continued to be passionate about you know, Clone Wars, the sequel movies and stuff like that. Whereas she, you know, she likes Force Awakens. She likes Rogue One. She's got a tolerance for the rest of it. Um, so for her, and honestly for me as well, and P, we never really got into this too much because I think we were too busy waiting for our breakfast. Um, the This concept, I mean, there. I think I had a hope that Kenobi was going to be like, pretty small and pretty contained because it's like oh it's a guy in the desert so this is their shot to maybe make you know a mid-budget type of thing mm-hmm. but i mean this concept art we're sh- we're seeing is all it's, that's not all on tatooine and then no, of course there's you yeah, know, it's not the big bringing hayden christensen back which i'm thrilled about that but i mean obviously they're like well they got to fight again which then i that's don't like just that like right that's like a pretty huge uh, you know i get that you make assumptions that aren't necessarily laid out and underlined and the ink isn't dry on them and the text or whatever. And, you know, you assume, oh, if you went into hiding in Tatooine, he stayed on Tatooine the whole time. You assume when Vader says when last we met, he was referring to episode three when they fight, you know, and this well, uh, the show seems to be pretty key on upending those expectations. I'm really curious if it's going to be Force Visions and it's mm-hmm. going to be kind of him having like ptsd or flashbacks and it's not actually vader himself so like yeah concept art shows that it's there's probably going to be an inquisitor yeah yeah that he'll just like dispatch pretty easily and then he'll be off planet at some point so it could i could see something along the lines of like being deep in a force state because we haven't seen that of to get to the point where you can, you know, talk to force ghosts at will, basically. And then the ability, like he actively was brought into the living forest. Whereas oh, like Kylo, uh, well, we, we don't have to talk about episode nine, but no, we can't. We can't. I'm just, I your listeners. It's going to be a minute before we get to vision. <laughs> yeah. I've got, well, some, so, got some big ideas coming. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, it could be something along those lines. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, and I'm curious. Well, don't pivot from Kenobi yet. No, 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 no. I, I this is um this is a Legends comment. Mm-hmm. So one of the really cool parts of Legends, um, they do like Han and Leia's kids, and you know they have mm-hmm. like Jaina and Jason. Yeah, they have twins and, I guess and Anakin, Ben, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Ben is Luke's kid. I don't know. But, you know, they yeah, three, that sounds right. They have like three kids, and then like the twins become like you know competitors, and like one's a Sith, one's a Jedi, whatever. Right. But you know, you need a Sith Lord in the in between. So they explain that there's a Jedi. I, but it ends up being Darth Crate, and it's a Tusken oh, yeah, Raider. Hat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that sounds familiar. I, I assume that you're right. Um, but it's a Tusken Raider Jedi. Who knew Anakin, right? And the Clone Wars is a thing, right? 
knew knew Anakin a little bit, yeah, but like didn't know where Anakin was from. Didn't know Anakin like murdered a whole village of Tuscan Raiders. But now, see, I remembered it as being he did know, or like somehow he found out. Like him and Anakin were assigned together for something, and Anakin's prejudices came out towards Tuscan Raiders and stuff. And it came out that he had done that, and then ashrod hat oh okay didn't okay. tell anyone because i remember reading about that in my star wars encyclopedia my three volume star wars encyclopedia back before the disney acquisition days and thinking oh wow that's a that's a pretty cool story and this idea that maybe this you know future sith lord's first devastating deed was just knowing this dark truth and hiding it like, well so that and and you know, big legends people can correct us on this. Public's podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, but, I checked the email saying nobody emails about anime or whatever. Come on, legends but, folks. But basically in this legends, so like the Tuscan Raider Jedi escapes the purge, and then what happens is they want Luke, um, which I guess makes sense. Like, you know, like they know that Anakin is Vader or something, so um Obi-Wan's like, no. Hands off my mans. And then they duel. Obi-Wan wins. Cuts off one of um, the Tusken Raiders' arms. And they get into this, like, if you show skin, you're, like, rejected from the Tusken Raider society. That's mm-hmm. why you don't see any of these people's faces, et cetera, et cetera. And then that puts them down their path to the dark side. So it's it's an interesting take. Um, it's one of the kind of, you know, they're going to rewrite it. Um, and some of the rewrites are good. Um, yeah. Some of them, like I've, I've talked about um, on the pod a few times about how I prefer the Barris Offy that was done before the Disney purchase. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the way it was portrayed in Clone Wars. Well, that but... was before the Disney purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not a, I'm not a fan of the animated look and storyline mm-hmm. of moving her in that direction and yeah. making her more of like an Ahsoka peer as opposed to an Anakin peer as she was right, in the movie right. and the in like that book that you like in that, in that book which is not canon but um yeah it is an interesting take of um there's not a ton out there of Obi-Wan um in between three and four that people really care about I mean no there's... I mean the Marvel comics have done a few issues when Jason Aaron was the writer or when Marvel first started republishing or not republishing, publishing Star Wars comics again in like 2014, I guess. And they had an arc that was set between, you know, episode four and, and episode five. I call it an arc. It lasted freaking years. It went on forever. But intermittently, um, one of the things that happens early in that series is Luke goes back to Tatooine, goes back to Obi-Wan's house and finds his journal. And there are a few issues of that series that are kind of entries in Obi-Wan's journal that kind of cover a bit of his time in Tatooine and him, you know, seeing injustice and trying to decide how involved he can get in, you know, Jabba the Hutt making people's lives miserable and things like this. But I mean, the things so backpedaling a lot now and you know, that would be tight if Oshrod had or something like that showed up. I mean, they've shown a willingness to, to fold legends into it. I mean, Cobb Vanth is, is a testament to that. But, I mean, now you really got me thinking, man. And, like, in A New Hope, Darth Vader seems like he's finding out that Obi-Wan is still alive. Like, he goes to Tarkin. He's like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is still alive. And mm-hmm. this feels like new information to him. And Tarkin's like, oh, no, he's not so alive. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I would love to see a scene where it flips the script of, you know, that person that's in like in an alien invasion movie where they are the per- first person to know that the invasion's coming, but they get killed before the message can get out. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same thing with like two inquisitors or one inquisitor. And like, oh, and they know Obi-Wan's still alive. They know Obi-Wan's still alive. They're That'd trying cool. to get there. And he just mows them down and then bounty hunters or scavengers take the rest of their stuff. And there's no sign of, of, of the person because all their things have been taken. So they just assume it's some bounty hunter or a hut yeah. as opposed to like Obi-Wan just obliterating some. I mean, we're definitely going to see Obi-Wan obliterate some Inquisitor and you can book that. 
and you can hold me to it. Oh boy. And so, you know, in Darth Vader, fine. Cause my whole thing is like, Oh, okay. So now to my mind, they have to, whatever confrontation they would have then would have to end in Darth Vader. Once again, assuming Obi-Wan is dead, which I, I mean, I guess at the end of revenge of the Sith, I mean, I guess at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Anakin has no reason to assume that Obi-Wan is dead. So if you're just taking the Anakin you see at the end of Revenge of the Sith, who sees Obi-Wan walking away, and then Darth Vader in A New Hope, who seems surprised, or, you know, it seems like it's new information to him that Obi-Wan is alive, I guess you could argue, well, why did he think he was dead? And this is going to explain that. I don't know. I'll say this. Wow. You've you've been thinking about this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that. I'll say this. I like that. That concept art doesn't show everyone can always face. That concept art just shows Darth Vader fighting somebody with a hood on and a blue lightsaber. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, seeing seeming Vader mow down some Jedi that I liked from Clone Wars. Yeah. I'm really. Well, because I, you know, I've always wanted. I've I've always wondered. Because, you know, Soka's around during that whole time period. And, you, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a story I needed to see. But, again, one of the things I love about Star Wars is it does so often give you such interesting jumping off points to kind of make your own stories up in your head. And I did always wonder, like, you know, did an Ahsoka or some other Jedi refugee from that whole crisis figure out Obi-Wan Kenobi was on Tatooine? Was Obi-Wan ever confronted by the rebellion or by a surviving jedi that was like hey we got to get out there and fix this and he had to say no i actually have to sit here in the desert and be bored and is there a scenario where you know you have some jedi going to obi-wan like hey we gotta go kill darth vader and obi-wan being like no and then that jedi going on their own to go confront vader or being obliterated or on top of that, too, of like being like, oh, I have multiple Jedi. We're going to, you know, corner him. You should come. And then Obi-Wan being like, you know, I need to help these people or save them. And then being too late after everybody's dead, everything's gone. Mm-hmm. And he's just like witnessing the aftermath of it. Yeah. And because, yeah, and it, they've, I think they've done a really good job so far of, including rebels and clone wars in the, in the animated star Wars universe in the live action content they're developing. Like they've, Mm -hmm. they've yet to pretend like they're not pretending that's an ugly stepchild. They're like, no, that exists. That happened. And one of the striking moments in rebels. And I guess, you know, spoilers for rebels. Okay. And I'll keep it as vague as possible. But at one point in that show, Obi-Wan iterates that he is of the belief that Luke is the chosen one. Which is, you know, that that speaks to me of a journey that that guy goes on of all my life, all my actions, all my heroism got me here where my whole existence is just protecting this boy. Like, you know, there's got to be a a lot of internal dialogue going on for Obi-Wan Kenobi to I I just I, I, I imagine him having a great deal of trouble settling into that role. You know, and the from from hero general of the galactic army to just you know babysitter up on a hill. I don't know. I don't know. There's a well, correct, lot of ore to mine in Obi Wan's time on Tatooine. Correct Why me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a limited series, right? That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. So it has to get to a point of like there'll be. You know, an op- big opening scene, and then there'll be a penultimate episode, and then it's like, you know, setting up some different plot points to kind of thread those needles, like you were talking about, of mm. Vader assuming that he was dead. So it- it's going to be, it's going to be super, super interesting. Um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Kenobi, and that's oh, not I, some- buddy, I've got the best freaking name i've ever come up with for our stupid podcast for when we handle kenobi i'm i'm so excited uh almost as excited as i am for debuting the book of boba fett show we're gonna do oh i thought you were almost as excited for episode 200 oh buddy i'm already taking notes for 200 I should be. <laughs> yeah, we're not that far off. <laughs> I should be because doing it live is not going to work out. No, 
God, no. Now... We're going to have to do it in segments. It's going to... It may be a multi-day thing. Multi-day, and then it might not even... It might stretch over. Might might be we should just try and get together and do it in person to celebrate the occasion. Yeah, maybe do a live show for the first time. Yes. Um, Yes, it sounds like Madison Square Garden is doing shows and stuff again, so I think we could pull it off. Yeah, I'm more of a... Like a... I think... Are you going to do CBGB? CBGB. Well, so let's... Let's pivot um, for our, our 202 heads for that Let's. small group that only listened to us for Star Wars Visions. Yes, this is 2020 boys, not the not the show where we talk about I we just spent more time talking about that Kenobi behind the scenes thing than genuinely than I spent thinking about it before we started talking about it. Shocked that we got as into that as we did. But yes, we are here for 2020 um, boys. Presented episode. by Book Boys, a Poe Boy subsidiary. So we're doing um, episode seven, titled "The Elder," and this is by um, Trigger Studios, Trigger. and they did the Twins episode as well, which is interesting because it was uh-huh. a big difference in animation styles between the two. Because this is this yeah. is like a very detailed, very par for the course of like a realistic anime not, right not... yeah it's definitely detailed but it's also like much more of just if you say anime this is sort of the aesthetic i as a lay person in in that setting just kind of imagine like this is more just my like oh this seems like standard anime whereas yeah, it, the twins like... was much New. more stylized yeah. yeah it's this is much more anime of like what you would see in like the '90s or 2000s. Yeah, it looks like Tenchi Muyo. Uh, yeah. So this is an episode basically of looks like, like Outlaw Star. <laughs> looks like Big O. Okay. Um, Ghost of the Shell. Let me think of another one. Um, well, I don't think Ghost of the Shell is on. The Duel. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, reboot. Looks like reboot. So this episode, the elder, great name. Yeah, because it it operates on multiple levels. Yes, it does. And you know we got a great look at mortality, and it has you the 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 consumer of this thinking about your legacy and how at some point you're gonna slow down. Yeah, and, and it's it's a particularly kind of poignant episode for us to be covering uh here at Poe Boys because I mean you know February is right around the corner peace not getting any younger and it is kind of you know pizza mover and shaker for sure but it's like has he maybe moved and, and shook the most he'll ever moved and shake and I'm still like getting close to my peak but I, I think you know by all accounts, have not quite hit it yet. And so I look at Pete and I look at his legacy and I look at his age and I think, oh, wow. Um, you know, how high I still have to go because I'm still a young man um, kind of on the upswing. And Pete's at the very beginning of, like, you know, the next step in his journey. Um, so it was it was very much like I was both the Jedi and Pete was the old guy in this one. Yeah, and... <laughs> Josh certainly was Dan, who was overexcited and was looking at things for the first time and just kept saying how lucky he was to have Pete, me. No, um, no, no, you're the bad guy. <laughs> nope. I'm both of the Jedi, actually, and you're the bad guy. You're, I'm, I'm both the Jedi, you're the bad guy and the kids. The bad guy and the kids. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, not a bad trade. Um... <laughs> I mean, hey, we have the same amount of lightsabers. True. Until, you know, um, Tajin Crosser very rudely was like, uh, you had two, now, now you have one. And anyway, we'll get into the duel in a second. Um, so this episode is actually, I mean, it's one of my top ones for sure. Um, David Harbour is the voice of Tajin Crosser. I was not familiar with Dan. I'm just right. Like, I believe his like name that. is Jordan Fisher. I looked him up. I, I did not recognize him. Yeah, Jordan Fisher. And then James Hong, who is a relatively well-known character actor. 
Yeah, James Hong is great. Yeah, great voice, great, um, great addition. Definitely recognize the voice 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recognize David Harbour, too, um, which was a little different because I don't know. You don't watch Stranger Things, but mm-hmm. um, his voice in it is... In Stranger Things, he's a lot more stressed and there's a lot more movement to it. And then in, what was it, Scarlet Witch? Or Black, sorry, Black Widow. Um, you know, You're just, thinking Scarlett Johansson. You're thinking of he, the film Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, ScarJo. Um, he was just a clown, and that he was awful in that movie. The char- what are you I'm talking not, about? I thought he was great. I, 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 I was not a fan of that character at all. But mm. in this, you know, very, like, kind of a prototypical Jedi Master of... Now, what like, did you think of his performance in this? I liked it a lot. I was I was very into interesting. Like it was it was a prototypical master Padawan. I could see this being kind of Qui Gon Obi Wan, and mm-hmm. just the over, you know you have the over eagerness of the Padawan. Um, there was a little lack of nuance at certain points but it's like you know this episode's like what 16 18 minutes so oh it's over 20 don't worry okay actually it might not be it's a long one but it kind of just flew by for me um Hmm. i yes i really liked seeing seeing that specifically um we know it's during at least the republic era maybe it could certainly it could certainly be after episode nine when the jedi order is reestablished maybe but they're venturing out into the um, outer rim. They're on a planet never heard of before. And no, I didn't recognize it either. Um, there is nothing really new added to the force with it. You know, he has a feeling of darkness. You know, nothing particularly new. And then we just get into the like, they're basically hunting a darkness that he just doesn't want it to be a Sith Lord. And then we get into the fights. So this in particular, uh, maybe we can talk about the fight or do you want to share your thoughts, Josh, before we get into that or. Well, I do want to talk, I guess, because it's interesting that this is the same studio that did the twins. Uh, Because similarly for me, I thought the voice acting left a little bit to be desired this time around. And it was the first time, this is the seventh episode we've done, I'm re-watching all of them. Well, granted, originally I just watched the subtitled version, so I'm, I'm watching them all uh, dubbed. Rewatching them, but watching them dubbed for the okay. f- first time before we do these episodes. And this was the first time I felt like I was conscious of it seeming like the performances were being done on a clock of like, this is when the the animation's mouth starts moving. This is when the animation's mouth stops moving and you need to get your performance in, in that time or something. It it felt like there was, it felt like there was a a concerted pace to some of the dialogue being delivered. And then I, I don't know. I, again, I, you know, I don't have a huge familiarity with Dave Harbour. I liked him in black widow. Thought he's funny on SNL. Um, I he he felt like um, overly aloof, maybe like the aloofness, like you say. I mean, definitely shades of Qui Gon for sure. But something about the combination of that pacing and his kind of very reserved delivery, like kind of just made it feel like maybe he was just reading, like reading the lines as he said him. Which you know, I'm sure is not the case. I'm sure he was going for something. But this this similar to twins, the the voice acting left a little bit. Which to be desired for me. Which I'm saying he's like the prototypical Jedi, which could be interpreted as him not having any really nuance to himself of this is what a Jedi Master should be doing and how they would be acting in this specific situation. I actually thought you were going to go a different route because when we talked about the twins, which is the same studio, we talked about how Neil Patrick Harris and Allison Breeze acting just seemed out of place Mm -hmm. and they didn't seem particularly their celebrity was just kind of a little bit too big for the moment at least that was my opinion of it it's it's interesting to think that that you're talking about it from a 
matching the animation to the actual audio itself. Well, and again, I I don't know anything about any of that. It's just that was something that occurred to me because it was just I don't know there were just certain line deliveries because for me the twins the voice acting there was just uh, very grandiose and very big. They really went big with it in a way that was like. I mean, we always talk about like Vanessa Marshall, who voiced Hera, as being like the paragon of voice acting, because it just feels when I'm watching Rebels or anything that she's in, it just feels seamless. Like it feels like the voice is coming out of the animation, not that it's animation and audio that are synced up. That's a conscious decision, though, that Visions did of. I would say, you know, if you looked at a percentage of all the cast members across the, you know, what nine um short films 85 of percent of them are probably not voice actors by trade they're just like well-known people that were brought into it mm-hmm. so it is a um, conscious effort of this yeah now, and i mean i obviously know it's also incredibly unrealistic to make comparisons to vanessa marshall's performance in rebels which was animated to her voice rather than visions where they are recording to an animation but it's just there there's i don't, I don't know it, it just the the disconnect there's 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 more of a disconnect between the voice and the character i was looking at on the screen than there had been with with you know earlier episodes of vision or or other star wars animation so let's talk about the duel well duel one and duel two and then i have some parallels to the episode the wedding that we can talk about i really i think this did one of the top jobs of quick duels and movements i really enjoyed Mm -hmm. um the one between the padawan and the elder where he insults him i thought was great and just how quickly he was able to take him out it was a little surprising that he didn't die like he intentionally left him alive that seemed weird to me um, well, yeah, but I guess he was. It's, it's it felt like he was maybe trying to use him as bait or something. But yeah, what whatever wound he he inflicted on Dan was very uh, nebulous to me. Yeah, because it was like it, he like slashed his stomach. Right, but he didn't come in half. And he didn't kill him. Yeah, but he got him good enough. And but then again, that's you know that comes with age. That comes with experience. He knew where to hit. He knew what he was doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, kind of yeah. makes it even creepier. Because it's just like, oh, this guy knows how to how to hit to maim in the worst going, way. And it, it's basically insinuating he was going from planet to planet hunting stuff. Right? Ooh. Like that that was the re- like he was hunting that big monster, that big like um creature lion thing. Right. He yeah, well yeah, that's true. I mean presumably he probably wasn't killing it to eat it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, one thing that was really great about this. Um, so then we get into the you know Jedi Master versus um, Sith fight, which I thought was fantastic. Of using you know the hands, you know it's not just your lightsaber; you have the hands, and you can make movements with that. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's also the first time we've ever seen just the logical like maybe you can just dodge the Force lightning. Right, like maybe you could just move <laughs> move to the right, and then you'll be good. It doesn't have to be, you know, just a yes, one exactly. shot. And then maybe you can see it coming, so that you can kind of move a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he used the force lightning to hold the lightsaber, which is really cool. And then the death scene was also something that oh, sure... love that he he like tapped him. He had that he didn't have it ignited the lightsaber when he got him. And then he ignited it. That was mm-hmm. that was very cool. That was a very cool touch. Yeah. So uh, definitely a bunch of really cool things that I'm sure people have thought about in lightsaber duels. Like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? I've certainly thought of the like turn off, turn back on, um, as a, as a tactic. Oh, I guess mm-hmm. Kylo does that in Episode Eight. That's that's not necessarily fair. Um, does he? Yeah, he does it when he's fighting one of the guards. Oh, uh, well, he just catches it and turns it on. I thought, well, they're not important. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, top three duels of the show um, specifically. But the thing I want to talk about is 
I know when we did the wedding, you know, we talked about just this exposition and just it not being necessary whatsoever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What did you think about the talking of time? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because I was watching this and it's, you know, because again, to to me, the first episode of Visions, the duel is still my favorite. And it, it's just, you know, you don't really you get very little in the way of exposition. You sort of see him reveal a belt full of red kyber crystals at the end. And that lets you kind of gather what you will from that. But there's not a lot going on in this episode. It was I, I was really thinking about this because I know what I said about, you know, previous episodes. And the, yeah, I think I think the story in this one, I think, could have been sparser. But at the same time, I mean, we talked about the actual duel in this episode and how exciting that was. But I mean, the big cool thing about this episode is it's talk of time and age and a person's relationship with power, because all three of the combatants in this episode are powerful. And they're going to have a relationship with power over their lifetime. And, you know, you've got David Harbour's character who is, if not at his peak, just slightly below it. Like, just just maybe taking that downward trajectory um, after his peak. And then you've got Dan who's heading toward his peak. And then you've got this old dude who, you know, is, is, is past his prime but maybe isn't ready to admit that yet. And so on the one hand, you know, I'm watching all this, the lengthier stuff at the beginning of the episode where they just keep talking about how many planets this guy has been to and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, this could have been a few minutes shorter and I think it would have been super streamlined and I'd be telling it like I would be losing it over this. But that's just my taste. Um, but then it is, you know, a lot of those conversations in the beginning pay off towards the end about because you have the young man being so excited about like, man, all this stuff you did. And you've got David Harburg being like, well, it's whatever. And not really having much of a reaction to it. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I do think maybe, maybe a bit much exposition for my taste. And I think that the thematic point could have still been made um, with a little less, a shorter episode, a little more streamlined episode, but I mean, overall, I think it just it, it it was in the service of of good storytelling that they give what background they do. But and, mm-hmm. well, I just the, the the elder, the titular elder, is just so uh, scary. Oh, I for think sure, really a scary character. And the less information you have about that, the better. So I, you know, there's just this idea of, you know they're out there and there's just whatever planet and they happen to pick the wrong planet. And this guy was there is very creepy. And I do want to speaking of how creepy the elder is. I am famous for not liking old guy villains. Look, I just watched all of these James Bond movies in like a month. And it's so often James Bond movies. He's just like an old guy. His old guy sucks. Or like Palpatine. Palpatine sucks. He doesn't look cool. He doesn't look scary. He looks gross. And it's always like, oh, look at this gross old guy. This gross old guy is the bad guy. And I'm sick of it. But this was a great example. This is an older dude. And his his age was part of what was terrifying. Because, I don't know, it was just like a very, I know something you don't. And even, and I'm just going to keep calling him David Harbour's character. Because his name wasn't Dan, and so I can't remember it. E- even he has to despite his own experience in in the galaxy look at this guy and be like oh this guy's he's been through a thing or two his age makes him a wild card his age does not make him feeble it makes him a wild card it makes him somebody who knows stuff i don't and i don't know what i don't know that he does and the cool thing too about it is like you know he he openly admits i've i haven't encountered darkness like this which is a great line from Mm -hmm. the trailer and it's just the idea of he realizes he's in a situation he's never been in, but he has a level of preparation and experience that prepares him for this. Whereas Dan, on the other hand, doesn't even begin to fathom what the situation entails, which is why he gets smoked so, Mm -hmm. so, so, so quickly. And it's not even like, he doesn't even have enough time to get upset and pull a like Anakin kind of brooding situation or, Obi-Wan screaming or anything like that. That's a good point. He never, yeah, never, 
it never becomes an emotional fight, either of the fights. And in Dan's instance, it is like you're saying, like he doesn't even have time to get to emotion. He's just like, all right, let's fight. And he's done. And then, you know, his master is, is far enough along in his journey that he remains poised throughout, even if he is internally, you know, who knows what he's feeling, but there, yeah, this, this was not a particularly emotional episode when, when the action is happening. Right. Yeah. So I, this is definitely a top three episode for me for the series. It's, you know, I'm probably inclined to agree with that. And I also, this is along the lines of what I thought, like Snoke after episode seven would be like. like I'm glad you bring up Snoke. Yeah, Snoke was another example, though. For me, for me, Snoke is just another old guy, just another old, gross old guy. Mm-hmm. Don't like nothing to me. Not compelling in the slightest. Um, whereas again, yeah, the the elder in this episode, I think, is is way more compelling and way more effective than Palpatine or Snoke. For sure. So I don't really, I think um, we're certainly not going to talk about this all that much more. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty much good if you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, I'm trying so, to think back on the, I mean, I know you really liked the ninth Jedi, which didn't quite do it for me. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I mean, I guess, you know, other than Duel, which is the first episode, it's probably, I mean, this would probably de facto be my second favorite of the ones we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have um, Lop and Ocho, and then we're going to end 202 Boys with Akiri. And it's interesting because certain ones have gotten, like, I was looking at the reviews, and The Elder is one that gets some pretty good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, some crit- Some critical reviews for it. And I can see why, you know, it has great messaging. It is relatively, you know, clean in terms of moving along the lines. You know, it's not kind of jumbled all over the place like the ninth Jedi. Yeah, and I mean, it's you know, that villain is scary. Like the, I mean, the... it was it was the villain that you were thinking about after seeing the trailer of Vision. Oh, for so sure, like, for sure. Yeah, like this this thing is this dude is horrifying. Right. And the you know, the villain in, in the duel is cool as well, but uh I, I would say if you are if you are trying to make some sort of four D emotional graph of mm-hmm. what I'm feeling as I've watched all these episodes of, of visions, the most poignant spike of emotion I've gotten out of watching this so far is the unease I feel with that character because it is to me such an unsettling uh, and frightening character. I think that's the most potent part of this series so far is just that character. So I could definitely see people singling it out. I am not going to be a fan of people that go dressed as this person for a celebration. What if they're old, Pete? What if it's an old grandma and she finally feels like she has something she can dress up as for the big Star Wars show up, and then you're, you're there deciding that it's not cool um i'll probably make i'll probably do a cool spin with it for a picture for uh, sure there you go yeah. and i did watch the inside the helmet boba fett thing on disney plus and it was fine but i don't think we need to talk about it i wasn't planning on watching it so yeah you don't need to and neither do you listeners and with that put podcast at gmail.com we'll see you next week bye